Let's open our Bibles, get your sermon notes out. Uh, We've been in a series where we have been focusing on the reality of restoration. Now that's that's sort of got, uh, it's got a couple of concepts to it. For one, some people think that the setting that we're in right now will last forever. How many have ever been through a tough year before? Anybody had a tough year just looking back over your life? Okay, so this is a tough year, all right? Now, I also want to tell you this. When it comes to uh, the sickness that people are talking about, COVID-19, the massive majority of people get right through it. Can I get an amen from somebody? Can I get an amen? So I don't know how many, you know, how much news that you watch. The massive majority of people get through it. So I'm so thankful for that. I'm not saying don't be wise. I'm not saying, you know, don't follow regulations and wearing masks. I'm not telling you that. Uh, I'm telling you the people get through this all the time. All right. Uh, Some get through it without any symptoms. Some get through it with some symptoms. Some have gotten real sick, but some get real sick anyway. So we're just praying for those that are sick, and we believe that God is a healer. Can I get an amen for that? We believe that. But I'm telling you all of this because people go through tough times. Uh, you know, it was a, a year or so ago, my wife got the shingles. Anybody ever had shingles before? My goodness. I, thought, I prayed so much, yelled for God to heal her, and eventually she got through it. Now she doesn't ever want to have that again, all right? But... Uh, People have gotten through things. I had an appendectomy when I was 12 years old. That was fun. Nothing like, you know, in the day you didn't get it. It wasn't an outpatient surgery. It was like you went in and stayed in the hospital for a couple of days before you got home and did an incision about this long on your side. What? Appendectomy? But I got through it, all right? I've been hurt. I've been wounded. But I've also had vacations. Amen. And I've walked on the boardwalk. I like to ride my bike. And what I'm saying is God is a restorer. And we see that in our lives. Sometimes you listen to the news so much. And one of the things that I focused on heavily in the last few days, of course, I was here Wednesday preaching. And then I left Thursday and Friday and came back yesterday. Uh, and I was there Monday and Tuesday. But during that time, I did something. I really focused heavily on this. All right. I didn't watch the news. Amen. And I felt so much better. And I was very cautious about other things like social media news feeds. Very cautious. You have to understand that no matter what your your belief system is, your background is, uh, news has always had an ulterior motive. Always. All right. One is viewership. All right. Two is money. Okay, that's why while you're watching the news, they have these things called commercials because the news is now a commercial product. Now, it always was. It was when kids were standing on the street corner saying, uh, you know, here's the news. And they'd shout the headlines, you know, and uh, selling newspapers. We were selling newspapers. They always had to spice it up and things like that. Be cautious that you don't read the news more than you read the Bible. All right, because it is causing the world to be depressed. 
and filled with anxiety. People say, Pastor, you be, don't you be saying this right now. We need to hear. Listen, there's some things you need to hear. There's some important things that you need to know about. But you can get nauseous if you continue to read the constant bad news. All right? The constant bad news. Used to turn it on on Sunday mornings, you know, or Saturday mornings. Every day I just turned the news on real quick and they immediately the news would tell me how many people got shot the night before. Like I had to know all of this. All right? So let's just believe that God is good. Would you believe that? And that God is a God of restoration. Wave at me on the, online. Wave at me right now. All right? Wave at me. Stay with me. Let me preach this. Uh, today... Uh, I want to continue. I will restore to you the years of the swarming locusts. The things that have been taken from you, I'm going to bring restoration. Just don't over contextualize that. I want to bless you and we understand that there is more to that than just locusts. Whatever your locust is, whatever your loss is, I'm bringing restoration in your life. So today is Father's Day and I'm not just going to preach about dads, uh, but I do want to talk about fatherhood from this topic. Today, I want to talk to you about honor. Somebody shout honor. honor. And uh, we're looking at Ephesians chapter six and two. So I'm talking about moms too. How many have had some moms that have been really good fathers? Any guy, people have some moms that have been really good fathers too. Uh, fathering, the work of fathering. But I want to talk to men as well. I want to talk to all of us and let's read the scripture carefully. Read it carefully. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Honor comes with a promise. Say it. Honor comes with a promise. So, um, so much I would like to point to. When I say honor here, though, honor really impacts men especially. There's a book that was written uh, some years ago about what women need and what men need. And uh, out of that teaching was that men need honor and women need security. Not that men don't need security and women don't need honor. But the highest need of men is honor. And the highest need of women is security. And uh, don't look at me. Don't throw anything. I'm just talking about what the book said. All right. But uh, uh, Here's, here's the deal that we are all created uniquely and differently, all right? And uh, I understand also that during this particular month, it is also called Pride Month. Uh, so I want you to know that if you are struggling with your sexual identity, I love you dearly, all right? But God has a better way for you to feel pride. There is deliverance for you in your life. A lot of people were created in broken ways, but God will set you free. Amen. And we see it happen all the time here at Freedom. We're not busting on you. We just love people. Can I get another amen right now? So I'm talking today about honor, the first commandment with a promise. Now, I think Holy Spirit likes to come to Freedom Fellowship. Anybody like that? Sometimes come on, lift your hand and say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. I think he does, all right? I love freedom. I love the atmosphere here. I'm missing uh, some of the community right now. I love it when we can all get together and praise Jesus. Anybody else? 
I love what's going on here. I love my leaders here. I love the, the team that's here. I love our commitment to the Lord. Anybody love that here at Freedom? I love our commitment and I love our heritage. Amen. Anybody know we got a heritage here? We didn't just show up yesterday. We've got heritage. We've got background. I love that there is fire in this community. Anybody love that too? We are after the world. We are after Holy Spirit. We want God to do what God wants to do. And I also love that we are family at Freedom. Anybody love that? We are mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. Look at somebody right now and say, hey, mama. Come on, say that. Hey, daddy, go ahead, say that. Good to see you. Hey, bro. Hey, sis. So good to be in the house. And so can I also say that I love my family here at Freedom. I love that we love one another. I got Father's Day shout outs already from people in the church. Happy Father's Day, Pastor. I love that. I mean, I, I love that I can be a father. I love my children. I love my, my, my son, my daughter. I love my, my, my daughter and son in love as well. I love Lindsay. And, and now we don't call Lauren anymore because Amy renamed him Lolo. And uh, Uncle Lolo. It's been so fun. So I love them so much. My grandchildren, uh, wow, I'm so blessed. So I, I call them by name every morning. I pray every morning. I pray for Lauren, Felicia, Malachi, and Preston, Lindsay, and Evelyn. It just rolls off my tongue. And then we pray specifically for, for their needs. I am so blessed, all right? I haven't even put a bunch of pictures. I threw some pictures up, but I, I you know, I, I, just, I, I just love them. I love my pictures, and I say, I also uh, love the gifts on Father's Day. Anybody get any gifts on Father's Day? I do. I love some gifts, you know. So I, uh, yeah, Daddy. And, uh, but what is the best thing for me is to see you all pursuing the Lord. I love watching people pursue the Lord Jesus. Do you like that? I like knowing that I have known you. For the last five years, the last decade, the last 20 years, the same last 30 years. You know, I see John sitting back here. John, I've known you for so long. I've seen God do so much in your life, brother. You've seen him do stuff in my life. You know, I'm so grateful. David, you've known me forever. Okay, longer than pretty much anybody in this room. You've known me. And, and it's so good to see you in the house today. I love you. I love that you're here. And I love seeing us grow. I mean, we're, we may not be what we used to be or what we want to be. Thank God we're not what we used to be. God just keeps changing us. Uh, I, love, I love my father, Marvin Hawker, my daddy. Uh, he is a constant source of spiritual strength to me. My dad uh, will turn 82 in July, and uh, he is preaching this morning at his pastorate in Camden, Ohio. Because the man don't know how to retire. Don't know how to. I love him. And I just want to say how great he is. You know, I, let me say how much I love my father. Did I say that? I love him so very much. Uh, I, I love, I was thinking about my grandchildren and uh, you know, Malachi is getting to be an old man now. Malachi's 13 years old. And, uh, you know, he says dad and mom. Avelyn says dada and mama. I love that. 
but I, I've noticed that Preston and Lindsay run reward systems with her. Like if you eat your food, you'll get a cookie. And uh, I'm not that guy in her life. I am, you can have a cookie. <laughs> That's who I am. I love this place in my life. You don't want to eat your veggies? I don't like veggies either. <laughs> let's open to Famous Amos, okay? Let's, uh, let's break down them Oreos. I'm your pap. I know how to have a good time. I'm talking about fathers and those of you in this room, and everybody has different situations. You know, it's difficult. Some of you are disconnected with your kids. But you, I want you to know you are a blessing in their life. Can I say that again? You are a blessing in their life. Some of you, when I talk about fatherhood, you have father wounds because there are some fathers that weren't as great of a blessing or you have father wounds simply because they are gone. And uh, Diane and I, I we, we were looking at videos of her daddy yesterday and we're sitting there, little tears in our eyes, thinking about one of the greatest men we've ever known and I miss him deeply. Paul Davis, if you can get me in heaven, miss you. All right. So uh, we all have these different places. I want you to know something, however, in the scripture. Honor your father and mother. When I say that, I want you to grab something a little bit different. Second uh, John chapter one, verse nine. Look at the scripture. Now, this is written by John the beloved. And he says this. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Now, I want you to circle those two words in your notes or in your Bible, full reward. How many, if you got paid this past week by a paycheck and you got that check in your hand and noticed that it was about a third of what you thought you were going to get paid would be upset and call somebody. So I'm concerned when I read this that it might be a possibility that some people may not receive the reward from Heavenly Father that they had intended to receive. Do you want me to preach this now? Or were we having a good time with the cookie conversation? I want you to understand something. John says that it's a possibility to receive a full reward. God is a rewarder. If you eat your vegetables, you'll get your cookie. God is a good God. He is a rewarder. That's an amazing way to introduce yourself. There's, there's a, here's an amazing way to introduce yourself to someone. Genesis 15 and 1. God appears to Abraham and he says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. Now, Abraham is looking towards his very great reward. I am. Everything that you need is in me. Now, that's, an, that's, that's a great way to say it. But John doesn't just use the word reward. He says in 2 John chapter 15, he says... I want you to receive your full reward. He suggests that there is a partial reward or there is a full reward. Anybody want me to preach the rest of this? 
There is a false teaching that's in the world, and this is it. It doesn't matter what you do. You all get the full reward. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what I read in Scripture. In 2 John, John the Beloved is speaking about the judgment seat of Christ where all of us will stand before the Lord as believers. And according to this judgment, we will all receive rewards as believers according to what we have done. I'm not talking about eternal life here. I'm saying we will all... Are you still in the room? Receive rewards as believers. We will receive rewards according to what we have done. And we may suffer some losses for what we chose not to do. But the Bible also shows us that with godliness, there are promises and blessings that are now and are also to come. According to 1 Timothy 4 and 8. Godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Some people think God stopped giving blessings, that for some reason God will not. We're, I mean, we're in a pandemic right now. There's all kinds of bad things going on. Some people think God decided, well, I'm not going to bless you anymore. How many know God is still a blessing God? Bible actually said in Proverbs that the righteous will be rewarded in the earth. Here's a startling revelation in the New Testament. There are those who receive the full reward and others who receive the partial reward and others who received absolutely nothing. So on this Father's Day Sunday, I'd like to show you some reality because I know my brothers. I know us. We are competitive. We like to win. Can I get an amen? amen. So I want to help you with this in this teaching today in these next few minutes. I want dads to win. I want all of us to win. In the Gospels, we read about Jesus visiting in his hometown in Nazareth. And it appears in different Gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke. We see this Gospel. But look in Mark chapter 6. Jesus said, he's in Nazareth, and he says, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Now, here's the context, all right? There is nothing happening in Nazareth except he is able to heal a few people. Now, what gets my attention right here is that Jesus could do no mighty works in the place. It did not say he would not do any mighty works. The Bible says he could not do any mighty works. Now, how many know that God is good? Anybody know that? How many know that Jesus is powerful? Anybody know that? He is a powerful Jesus. So it's not like Jesus stopped being Jesus in Nazareth. But the teaching is that there was no honor in Nazareth. And so he was restrained. Now, if we can understand what restrains him, in Mark chapter 6 and 3 and 4, we see this illustration where they said of Jesus, 
Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. You see the setup there? Jesus comes back. Somebody shout honor. Shout it. Honor. Notice what's going on here. Look at the story also in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus comes to his hometown on the Sabbath and he enters the synagogue on the Sabbath and the entire city is there. And in Luke 4, 16, so he came to Nazareth and when he, went, when he had been brought up as his custom was, he sat down in the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood to read, took the, pro, the word of, the, of God, the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He closes the book. This day, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now imagine what happens when Jesus does this. People look at him and they say, isn't that Mary's boy? Is it? Did he go to school with our kids? Did, didn't he and his dad build some patio furniture for us? Now he's up there saying he's like got the spirit of the Lord upon him and he's like the son of God. See, the problem is that the people have a different image of this man. Their vision is that he must be a powerful warrior like they have in their mind. That he's supposed to have a shield in front of him and a sword in his hands. And he should be kicking uh, Caesar out and throwing Rome out. And he, but, but they wanted him to raise physical armies. But he's running around with a bunch of smelly fishermen. And there are people of bad reputation that are following him. And who does he think he is what we don't understand is that many times god will send you what you need in a package that you don't want he will send blessing and victory to you in ways that you're not interested in and you call it a curse you don't like the Jesus on the cross. You don't like the Jesus who died and was placed in the tomb. You don't like the Jesus who forgives those who hurts him. You don't like that Jesus. You got another idea. So they wouldn't listen. They didn't affirm him. They didn't bless him. They shrugged him off because they wanted all the honor for themselves. Somebody shout honor again. Honor. Honor. The Greek word is tenee. It speaks of something of value. To appreciate, to esteem, to favorably regard. Now the opposite of honoring is to treat as common or ordinary. Hey, you put your pants on one leg at a time just like I do. No different than me. I mean, I'm, you're just flesh and blood. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but what I want you to understand is that honor comes before full reward. No honor, no full reward. Look at Isaiah 29, 13. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. Now, here's what happens. They have a bunch of songs, but there is no reverential fear of the Lord. 
As Jesus was teaching in Nazareth, the power of the Lord was there to heal them. There was a couple hundred people in the room, but no one is getting healed. No one got healed. Even though the power of the Lord was present to heal them in their thinking, in their heart, they did not honor the Lord. Now look at another familiar story in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 and verse 10. There was a centurion who, who, who came to the Lord and had a servant that needed to be healed. He said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in all of Israel. Now, wait a minute. John the Baptist was in Israel. He's saying that this guy honored him more than John the Baptist honored him. He's saying, I haven't seen anybody that could top this type of faith. He said, Lord, I trust you. I believe in your word. He's a centurion. He was raised to serve in the Roman guard. Now look at the honor. He marveled. He marveled at him. Now, now we need to honor the Lord. Somebody shout, we need to honor the Lord. We need to honor his word in our lives, which what it means to honor him in your words and in your life of godliness. Think about this. Have you ever said, I would do that, but that just wouldn't honor the Lord? Anybody ever said that? Any ever said that? I mean, if you came over to my house, are there certain things that you would not do in order to honor my house? Things that you might do somewhere else, like in your own house? You see what I'm saying? In other words, out of my position, out of my role, out of my calling. How many have some things that you would not do in front of your daddy that you would certainly do when he's not there? Come on, I got to come on over here. Come on. Look at another scripture in Luke 13, 35. Jesus says, see, your house is left to you desolate. And assuredly, I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, what, what is he saying right now? What Jesus is saying is, I'm going to be crucified and then I'm going to ascend to heaven, but you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, I want you to, I want you to wait. Listen, listen. Jesus may not just be saying, you will not see me until you see me coming. What he's saying is even more than that. You need to honor those that I send in my name. There are those in your life that the Lord sent you and blessed you with, but we close our ears to them and we say, ah, they're just flesh and blood. Ah, that's just my dad. You don't have to. There he goes again trying to tell me how I'm supposed to be living my life. And we shut our ears even to the voice of God. John 13 and 20. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. You would think I would just, I'm just talking about preachers, and and that would be good, but today is Father's Day, and I'm talking to you out of Ephesians 6. Honor your father. Honor your mother. There are individuals, and I'm not just talking about some that we know, some great dads that we've already talked about, but I'm talking about Others that God has placed in your life. I got a door prize for everybody today. It's called honor. That's right. Take it home. Put it in your pocket. Heal your heart with it. I need blessing, God. Well, honor those that I've sent into your life. Father's Day in a Hebrew context in this scripture is huge. I mean, if you're a Hebrew, you know who your father is. 
And you know your father's father is, and you know your father's father's father is, and your father's father's father. You go all the way back until you constantly hear people talking about, I serve the God of Abraham, and I serve the God of Isaac, and I serve the God of Jacob. And that sounds kind of peculiar to you because they're going all the way back. That's why on occasion I'll pull up some pictures and show them to you. Like I, I have this one that sits in my office all the time. It hangs up there. I've showed it to you before. It's this picture of two guys, all right? two guys. See these pictures? All right, this guy in the middle, that his name's Richard Hawker. I'm named after Richard Hawker. Now, you can't see the one up in the corner because his name is Marshall. Okay, Marshall's a nice name, but his name is Marshall Smith. This is my daddy's daddy, and this is my mother's mother. Okay, now the only picture, only good picture I have of my father, my mother's father, is this mugshot where he was arrested because he spent such a amount of time for the way that he treated his family, he actually got arrested for mistreating his wife and his children. And so that's the picture I got. My mother saved it. I found it in her writings. That's where I held on to it. I keep it up there because uh, I also want to remember that there are those who did not necessarily bless me, but they blessed me in another way because I know I'm not going to live my life like the one in the corner, okay? That's not what I'm going to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what broke him, though. I'm not angry. I'm not living in bitterness towards him. I know he's all busted up. I know he drank more than, you know, than fish drink. I mean, he was just a drunk, and he drunk, drunk, drunk. He drank all the time, abused everybody in his life. And it was not until later in his life that my mother reconciled with him. She reconciled with him after he was sick and he was in a home and he, he had lost his, he had severe dementia and, and didn't hardly know who anybody was, but he'd get up out of his chair and people would say, where are you going? I got to go find my family. I got to go find my children. And there was something that was in his heart that caused him to want to reconcile. Mama went to him and reconciled with him. I never had to reconcile with this other guy though. I never had to because he was so busy loving and blessing and preaching and telling people I, the only thoughts that I have of him is going to the house when I was a little boy and he had this big, it was a piece of furniture called a secretary. And in it was all of his books and all of his sermon notes. And I like to climb up in his chair and open up the doors and look at all of the books and all of the notes that he had from the sermons that he'd preached. Look at me, look at me. Here I am preaching the gospel today. And I'm thinking that we need to honor. I want to bless these men in this room. I honor you. I bless you for your words. But I want to bless all of you and give you honor because on the back side of this honor, we're going to see full reward in this life and in the next. I have so much more I want to preach about today, but let, let me just wrap this up by telling you this. Sometimes we forget all of our spiritual fathers. Can I mention today a guy named Troy Simmons, who was the first founding pastor of a little church down at the ocean front called Virginia Beach Church of God? Can I mention a man named Jesse Voliva, who was the senior elder of this church when I came here as an associate pastor, who took me out to a Morrison's cafeteria that used to be out there where a Japanese steakhouse is, and fed me bread pudding and talked to me about the history and drove me down to the old building where the church first was, and who loved me and blessed me. And, and can I tell you about a guy named Steve Voliva, who I love, love, love very, very dearly, he was a father right here at this church. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Who was the guy who orchestrated and built this particular sanctuary? And every time I had an idea, oh, let's knock this wall down and put something. Well, we'll find a way to do that. I don't know exactly how we'll do it. We'll do it somehow. You know, you know, if you will, God can. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Steve Oliver. All these leaders in my life that I have had, I want to recognize them. But this is Father's Day, and there are some people I think that some folks do not know about. How many know that Friday was Juneteenth? Can I get a hallelujah for Juneteenth? Hallelujah. Again, I've been a white pastor all my life. But I have, yeah. But... Most of my life, I, uh, my ministry, I have pursued diversity. And, but I still speak from my history. You know, my fathers, my grandfathers. And when I talk about church fathers, I go back to great church fathers. You know, Martin Luther, you know, what a great church father. Charles Spurgeon, what a great church father. But you know, there are individuals that you don't hear much about. You know, Martin Luther King Jr., we talk about him. And, and Moses David was here last week talking about the prophetic word of Martin Luther King Jr. But during the days prior to June uh, 19th, 1865, which was the day that all individuals that had been enslaved were declared free. It was a couple years after the Civil War because there were some that had run off to Texas and taken what they believed belonged to them. And, and it was uh, General Gordon Granger who went to Galveston, Texas. And said, no, no, no. Wait a minute. All these people, two and a half years later after the Emancipation Proclamation, but even before Juneteenth, there were some black brothers and sisters, even though they were under the bondage of slavery in this nation, went ahead and heard the call of God, give their lives over to the Lord Jesus. I'm thinking about in 1780, a man, a pastor named Andrew Bryan, started preaching to a small group of slaves in Savannah, Georgia. White citizens had him arrested, had him beaten, but despite the persecution and harassment, by 1790, his church became the first African Baptist church of Savannah. In a time, in time a second and a third church was formed as he led and blessed and raised up even when the world said you're a slave. They said, no, we're free by the cross of Jesus. You've heard of other stories and men such as that and women such as that. As you think back to a former slave and Methodist convert, a man named Frederick Douglass challenged Christians to confront an institution that violated the central tenets of their Christian faith, including the principle of equality before God. Somebody praise God for men like him and David Walker, others who would not cower because they knew the word of God and that they had been set free. Somebody thank God for freedom through the word of God. Let me just finish honoring Ephesians 6 and 2. Somebody shout honor. honor. It was their journey. Journey. I don't necessarily know everybody's story. I'm looking around this room and I'm looking at people and I'm saying Wow, I appreciate your journey. Bro, when you walked up to the altar one day, 
put your arms around some folks and started telling them your journey. Russell, praise Jesus. What fatherhood that was. When you start speaking your truth, we need to honor fathers. We need to honor leaders for more than than their need. It's for our need. Because as we honor people with our lives, the full reward of heaven is released upon us. It is the first commandment with promise. Would you stand with me and let's honor the Father. Could we do that? Everybody in the house, lift up your hands and let's just honor the Lord Jesus together. Tell him, we honor you, Lord. Honor you, Abba. Say it. We honor you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for salvation. Thank you for freedom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now I want you to look or open your eyes now and look around the room. All right, just look around the room. Do you see anybody that you would like to honor right now? Just point at somebody right now and say, I want to honor you. Tell them I want to honor you. I want to honor you. Honor you. Honor you. Honor you. I see uh, Alfred back here. Alfred, raise your hand, brother. A lot of you don't know Alfred. You don't know his story. Is that okay? Okay. Hadn't seen Alfred in a long time. And uh, at the beginning of all of the pandemic, before everybody was talking about it, Alfred, Alfred had... Alfred had contact with COVID-19. Now, he's been set free from it for over almost three months now. He's been... He and his mother. Praise God. First thing he wanted to do when he heard about it was make sure that the Lord was blessed. And he honored the Lord. Didn't you, my brother? He just came and honored the Lord. Contacted me. Just wanted to honor the Lord. And I won't go into that. But I know of others. Because when you say that, it's like, what? Somebody has had the virus. <laughs> and so watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this on. I'm going to make sure nobody gets near me. Because I honor the virus. Why is it that we honor the virus more than we honor the Lord? Somebody shouted, no. Why is it that we honor the virus more than we honor one another? Anybody hear what I'm saying? We honor one another. We respect one another. We celebrate your journey. And we live our lives, your journeys, your testimonies are important to me. Because I know that as I hear your story and how God has moved in your life, it gives me power and it gives me strength. It gives me wisdom. I'm not going to dishonor the Lord. And I'm not going to dishonor his people. I'm going to serve them. 
I'm going to bless them. So let's repent right now. Come on, let's repent. Father, we repent for the many times that we have dishonored your people. For the things that we have honored that are more than you. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. And Father, we honor you and we honor one another and we look forward to great reward. We look forward, dear Lord Jesus, to your blessing being poured out. We look forward to healing in the bodies of your people. We look forward to a great shield around us. We look forward, Lord Jesus, to being blessed in ways that we never thought we could be blessed. We look forward to homes being restored. We look forward to being blessed in this life. And we look forward to being blessed in the next. Because you are good. You are good. Somebody give thanks to the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Would you take a moment? And would you just look around the room? I'm not asking you to go and hug somebody. I'm saying look around the room and speak from a distance and tell them, I honor you. Tell somebody, I honor you. I honor you. I bless you. Come on, walk around. Do that 360. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord give you peace. I love you all. Sing. Yes, Lord. Jesus, we lift up your name. Jesus, we lift up your name. Jesus, we lift up your name. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. People said, Pastor, you did not serve us communion today open your bread open your cup let's give honor to the Lord Jesus come on let's give honor to the Lord everybody got it let's give honor to the Lord let's never forget Lord Jesus we thank you for your body that's broken we thank you for the cup that was spilled for us we thank you for your blood the body of the Lord Jesus Receive the body of the Lord Jesus. Receive the body. The cup of the Lord Jesus. The blood. He said, the blood of the new covenant. Take and receive. Let's give him thanks. Come on, everybody give him thanks. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your grace in Christ. Amen. Amen. Second dismissal, the grace of the Lord. Peace be unto you. Yeah.